0: This is a show where we discuss minority issues and talk about what we're reading and watching and ultimately why you should be reading and watching it too. All right, this week we're here to talk about the TV show One Mississippi, and I have here with me the one and only Maura Smith. Hello. All right, so Maura, can you tell us a little bit about this show, maybe who created it, who's involved, and where people might be able to watch it?
1: Sure. Well, first of all, you can watch it um, streaming on Amazon Prime. It's an Amazon Prime original show. It's a dark comedy um, created by Tig Notaro and Diablo Cody, who you might know from Juno. Tig Notaro, um, some of you may know, she became pretty famous a couple years ago when she did a um, comedy set at the Largo Theater in Los Angeles, where she came out and sort of announced that she was just diagnosed with breast cancer. And it... Um, I think the, the set being, you know, sort of went viral and there was a big um, reaction to it. And then she released the set on CD. And I believe that was nominated for a Grammy, actually. And she's sort of been really groundbreaking in terms of her comedy, both as a cancer survivor and um, a gay woman. And then there was sort of the, the premise of the story is it's semi-autobiographical. And the idea
0: is this woman, Tig, who... Yeah, I was going to say how does it how does this story cuz the TV show doesn't follow her exact life and and it's yeah. not it's not all true. It's it's a generalization and kind of playing off of her true story but with some twists and so explaining how the show is actually different from her real life.
1: Right. I mean, I think almost to start talk about how the show's similar cuz she talks about this sort of worst year of her life where she came down with C. diff, which is a really intense uh, intestinal disease. She was diagnosed with cancer, had a double mastectomy, and then her mom died. Um, in the show, it goes in that order. And I think in life, it went C. diff. Then her mom passed away. Then she was diagnosed with cancer. Um, but the general sort of facts of it are similar. And she grew up in Mississippi um, for part of her life. And then I think she spent the other part of her life in Texas. But so the show is based around this idea that this woman who Tig plays also played. Also, the character's name is Tig. Um sort of has all these horrible things happen to her and then she goes back to Bay St. Lucille, Mississippi to live with her um, stepfather and her brother.
0: Okay, so it's basically uh, you can see on IMDb that's where we got some information just like a basic summary. Basically it's her trying to get her footing um, after all of this has happened. So the moment when we enter the show is right when her mother has died and she's back in Mississippi with her family and trying to put it all back together. All right, so that's, and we actually have a trailer. We can include some of the audio from the trailer. Um, so here is the trailer uh, right now. Way down south, Mississippi calls name. So why did you move back? Isn't that way more exciting? Not if your idea of excitement is spending your evenings with your 65-year-old stepfather. Tupperware goes on top with Melts on the bottom. Why? Otherwise, they do not receive the proper wash. Remy, I need to go over dishwasher procedure with you. I heard your radio show, and we love your soul. It is possible to pray the gay. Yeah. What if I want to pray the gay to stay? Yeah. Uh. Well. Hello. I am a very fun person. Of course, you are get anywhere with straight Kate no oh you just got to make a move that's what I do you're missing the part where they end up not liking you because you've prematurely made a move that's too much thinking for me let's face it Mississippi is just not the right demographic for you what happened to fearlessness it's so cute our kids believe in dinosaurs isn't it what do you mean by Believe. You know how they think they're real and everything. I've seen the documentary called Jurassic Park, and it's kind of hard to argue with that. Good morning, crowd of humans. What do I think? I love family. And by the way, I like it here. And uh, that's my number. In case you need to discuss anything further, I'm Nikki. Nikki, stop flirting with me. All right. So, more you're the one who introduced this show to me. So, I'm really curious for you to explain how you came about finding this show because I think it's it's really powerful, and mm-hmm. I've kind of fallen in love with it in such a short period of time, mm-hmm. uh, binge watching it with you. So, can you tell us how you found this how uh, the show?
1: Sure. Um- <laughs> So, for those of you who have Amazon, you know that when you log in on the app, I we I have a Roku. So, when you log in, you sort of see the you know Prime shows that are available, and then like suggestions for you and Prime movies. So, we had finished watching the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which we should probably talk about at some other point point, because it's really enjoyable. It's really good. But so I had finished that, and I was sort of like looking for a new show to watch, um, mostly because I watch shows on my iPhone when I'm at the gym. And I had seen the poster for One Mississippi a couple of times, and I was like, I just, I, mm, I'm i not sure about this, because the poster is yeah, gonna Tig. Say, so it's Tig standing in front of what looks like a, I don't know, like a series of... Um, like wallpaper with lemons on it, and she's pouring a pitcher of lemonade, but she's missing the glass. So I think the whole idea is it's like when life gives you lemons, make lemonade, but she's still missing Just, the glass. Yeah, and she's got this twisted version of lemonade. Yeah. So I had seen the poster a couple times and I was like, um, I don't know what that is, but I don't I can't tell you what it was, but there was something about the poster that always made me be like, no. <laughs>
0: not going to do it. Keep that in mind, those of you who are in business marketing, trying to Mm, pitch your films and sell them to the audience.
1: You know, and I am the worst to be like, well, if I don't like the cover, I'm not going to buy the book. Like, I am one of those people. There has to be something that kind of intrigues me. So what got you to watch So, long story, very long story short, I was sort of like, nothing sounds good. And it was like between that and Mindhunter on Netflix. And I was like, I don't really feel like a show about serial killers around Christmas time. So I just logged in and watched the trailer for the second season of one Mississippi. And I was like, wait, this is an adorable lesbian show. Why did I not know this poster? You should have done a better job of letting me know that I would have been watching it forever. So did you watch it at the
0: gym? I
1: started it. I started the pilot at the gym. I watched one episode at the gym and then embarrassingly well no not embarrassingly because they're like 20 the episodes are 20 minutes long and there's only say, six per season yeah, so there's
0: two seasons and there are six episodes in each season so there are only 12 episodes in total and it's only about 20 minutes per episode so mm. it's not that much viewing time which was a i think that's kind of why i agreed to watch the show with you because i thought you know it's a limited amount of commitment mm. but then as the show was going on i was so sad and watching the clock as the 20 minutes were cl- like kick- clicking yeah. down yeah and uh, I wish that there was more of it. So we will easily rewatch the whole series. Oh,
1: definitely. So yeah, basically I blew through the whole thing in about a day and a half.
0: Well, um, Thank you for rewatching it with me.
1: Oh, you're welcome. I would love to say that that's the only time I've rewatched it, but that would in
0: fact be a lie. Okay, that's good to know. All right. So I'm. we can dive into the content of analyzing the show as we normally would do ourselves. And something that I think is interesting about You in particular is your interest in lesbian representation in television Mm. and film. And as we've discussed in the past, there might not be... That much representation mm. these days. Um, you talked previously about how the L word was something that was really important to you um, in seeing different types of lesbians on screen and interacting with each other. But we've also talked about how some of those uh, stereotypes or character- caricatures <laughs> weren't necessarily representative of someone we could actually relate to um, or people we were seeing in our day to day lives. So that's, I'm, I'm quoting you in the past, ah. just so everyone knows it's not my original idea that's yours Uh, (laughs) so I'm interested in your and as well as mine we'll talk about this uh, how what how we think lesbians are represented on on screen in this storyline and you particularly might relate to one character and then I might relate to another character
1: yeah I mean it's interesting there's a lot to unpack in what you were just talking about and I think You know, lesbian representation and queer representation sort of, I guess, let's let's just talk for a second about queer female representation. And I think one of the reasons that a show like One Mississippi is really interesting is it's definitely a queer woman's story being told by a queer woman and also a queer woman of a certain age. You know, she's not. 19 just moved to LA to like I don't know become a singer songwriter or whatever it might be you know this is a woman who's in her I don't know how old Tig is but I would say probably mid to late 40s um, you know who's living her life very honestly and there's never One of the things I liked about it is there was never a question of, is she out? Even to people in Bay St. Lucille, Mississippi, she was like, yes, this is my girlfriend, Brooke. How are you? You know, it was never, never a question. Because I feel like so many times when you see, um, you know, LGBTQ content on television, it's There is an element of angst simply because it's how do we fit? Do you know what I mean? So it was nice that that wasn't the case, especially for a show set in Mississippi.
0: And there was even some... There were some characters in there who were drawing attention to the fact that Mm. she was gay. Mm -hmm. But she never questioned it and basically said, you got a problem with that? Yeah. And wasn't engaging with that. I mean, she wasn't afraid to have the conversation. No. But she basically said, if you don't believe in me, I'm not going to spend my time with you. Right.
1: I mean, there's an episode in season two where... um someone that she knows is in the hot. I don't want to give anything away um, someone, really funny Yeah. About. someone that she knows is in the hospital and she goes in to go visit them and there's sort of like an elderly woman there who's the receptionist and she doesn't want to give Tig the, the room number and actually asks her to leave because she's gay and comes straight out and is like well if you have a problem with it you know talk to the I think she says like the great state of Mississippi or something and Tig comes back with something that I think is amazing she says well you know being gay is a choice right so I'm not gay anymore cool, can I go in and see this person? So, you know, it's interesting how, you know, we know we're in Mississippi, but that it's not, you know, and there is an encounter she has with some, you know, Pray Away the Gay ministry people, but
0: she... It's never blown out of proportion no. It's always kept Whenever we think about Something like this happening Someone stopping us on the street Or stopping us from going Into a restroom for example That happened mm. to us once Where we were somewhere And uh, we were about to walk Into the women's restroom And somebody said Oh I'm so sorry But you're going into The wrong restroom um, At least in this storyline uh, She's not afraid to have The difficult conversations And mm. be confrontational And to defend But who it's she confrontational
1: is. In such a non-aggressive way you know, I mean, because it's it's a comedy, and I think that it's not the way she sort of bats them down is just being like, well, this is who this I is am. I'm not I'm not going to be embarrassed by the fact that this is who I am, and I'm not going to attack you. I'm just going to sort of just be smarter and cleverer and more witty than you, and sort of win the day. I think there's something nice about seeing someone who's queer LGBTQ not afraid and who also wins. You know
0: yeah i think for a minute i wanted you to talk a well we can talk about tig's style because the mm. other day you said that you could relate to tig's style and mention something to the effect of you thought that tig was more stylish than you and i refute that i think that you are actually very stylish oh well thank you yeah but i think that what you said she's in her 40s mm. possibly no offense to tig but possibly early 50s mm-hmm. i can't tell by now and she is very stylish and she's Mm -hmm. not pretending to be anyone other than herself Mm. and it's something interesting we're living in a time where you know gay people haven't really been able to be themselves and out Mm. and comfortable and dress the way they want or act the way they want Uh, and so I think for some people who are older they're getting the opportunity to do that and to be themselves at later in life and so we're seeing people with a different sense of style at a different age Mm. So,
1: yeah, I think there's also something to be said of, you know, there there's a lot of different types of lesbians that you see on One Mississippi. And I think we can kind of get into that a bit in a minute. But, you know, just to take it back to the L word, you know, like, I mean, I guess I I've always (laughs) this this is kind of funny. I've always said that I identify as a chapstick lesbian, meaning I am not a Revlon you know, lipstick femme, but I'm not also wearing a leather jacket, riding a motorcycle, stereotypical butch, you know? So like I'm sort of, I would say I tend more towards the butch side of things, but I'm not fully there either. I'm kind of a little bit in between. So it was nice to see someone like Tig who kind of I think fits into that because you know to take it back to the L word they were all so feminine in some way you know I mean Shane was I definitely would say the butchest of them all except for, for Max who was transgendered so I mean that's obviously a little different but you know with Shane I don't know it was still like
0: I feel like they were trying to take you, they were trying to give you a character, a a group of people, a character to relate to, and then Mm. they were dressing her up and trying to make her highly sexualized in, in a different way. Yeah. Trying to still make her appealing to, you know, I don't know if this is appropriate, but still appealing to men. Oh, I think that that's
1: very appropriate, because I think that that was definitely something that Showtime was thinking about. I think that's why you, and not to go too down this rabbit hole, but I think that's why you had Tim in the first season and Mark in the second season as the male... Yeah, like the male gaze through which audiences could enter into this world. So to me, I guess it's like, yes, Shane dressed sort of how I dressed, but it was more like... I can't imagine how much time she's spending in the morning on that hair and that makeup to look like she didn't spend any time on that hair and that makeup. Whereas I look at Tig and I'm just like yeah, you're me. Like you came out you used a towel on your hair probably some like hair putty and you were good to go. And you know, like she has different and this is such a small thing but it was something that I saw so clearly like you know those Adidas I don't know the names of them. the Sneakers. Yeah, they're like white or black with the white or black stripes. So she has multiple pairs of them and just will match them with her top and I totally do that with my converse you know like that's my way of being stylish like well I'm wearing a blue top so it's it's either the blue or the green converse to match so it's just it was such a unique sense of style that felt so
0: me and we hadn't seen before
1: yeah and I think that's a really important point is you know representation matters and i think the idea of being able to turn on a tv show that i mean let's face it was on a major platform like amazon prime is a major major platform it is now yeah and i think you know the fact that you could turn that on and say wow that person is me that matters you know and i mean i'm i'm at a point where i'm confident with who i am what my style is but you know i think back to like little closeted Maura who you know would have seen that and my mind would have been blown and I think a representation like that may have helped me be slightly more comfortable and confident with who I am
0: earlier in life to be honest. And I would have to agree I know that my name is Kate and but I relate most closely I think with the other Kate in the show and I think that in society I have this conversation with young people almost daily um you know, working with teenagers and they want to label everything. You have to either be um, preppy or you have to be goth or you have to be lesbian or you have to be bi um, or you have to be trans. And there's this generational shift happening. And I think I mentioned this previously in another podcast that um, we have a much more fluid generation coming and they don't know what they are and they're okay with not necessarily labeling things. And I actually really appreciate the fact that there is this character on the show, you know, Kate, who is presented as straight in the beginning, and she thinks she's straight, and Tig immediately is in love with her, and and you see the process of this woman um trying to figure out her sexuality, and it's a challenge um for a lot of people to say I, I am um, one thing or another. Um, for example, if you you know, we're ta- we're taught that and shown that you have to either be a butch lesbian or a femme lesbian, right? Mm-hmm. You We're taught that. And you think you have to fit into that mold, um, just like every other group um, does. And there's a great moment
1: on the show where another character says to Kate, you know, asks her if she's gay. And Kate says to, yeah. no. And she's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Because why would someone who looks like you be like that? You know, and I think that that's really interesting. We should say very quickly that um i'm sure we'll get into this more in a bit but the kate tig romance
0: fantastic
1: it's adorable. i mean it, go ahead but and it's adorable actually,
0: and they're married yeah. in real life which is something mm. that i appreciated knowing when we started this mm. um because it gave me hope
1: <laughs> <laughs> ah. it's also something to say that if when if when you watch this show And it's over after 12 episodes. And like us, there's a little hole in your heart. You can watch um, a documentary on Netflix called Tig, which is about this year in this life of Tig Notaro. And what's interesting is you see her and Stephanie, who plays Kate, her love interest on the show, you see them meet and start to date. And... Kate, I mean, Stephanie at the time was was straight. She'd never been with a woman. So there was this same negotiation of, I have feelings for this person, but what does that mean for myself where I identify
0: as straight? So it's a really interesting, and they took that, obviously, for the show. Mm -hmm. Because it's such an interesting premise because uh, something that one of our best friends has said to us even in the last few months is... um, You don't necessarily have to fit into one of those labeled groups. You can love whoever you love, um, no matter of their their race you know ethnicity or socioeconomic status or their gender it just doesn't mean that you have to be gay or a lesbian mm. or straight you can actually just care about someone um, for the sake of connecting with their personality and i think that is the real takeaway for me in this show is uh the fact that that is okay and that's what's held up is that You know, you have a character who just simply wants to love and be with someone, um, and they don't necessarily want to put a label on it.
1: Yeah, and I think that labels is such an interesting thing in terms of who we are as a culture. We're we're way more comfortable when we can label something. Um, And I think that that's something that's really sort of lovely about the show, is that it kind of blows apart labels. And labels not just in terms of gender and sexuality, but, you know, I don't know the South, you know, like I don't know living in the South and I you know, living in Boston and I've lived in New York and Los Angeles I always assume that there just are no gay people in the South, you know, or that there are no progressive people or hip
0: artistic people and of course that's an incredible prejudice on my part. Yeah and it's it's a improper perception and I love this show because it, th- it blows that out of the water and mm. they show us Tig's community of people who are uh, some are not accepting, but so many are. And I think it's in part to because she's so comfortable with who she is mm. and um, the way she handles things. Um, but I w- want to tie back in the L word. So when Kate is kind of coming to terms with this is a little bit of a spoiler. But when Kate is trying to come to terms with um, her interest you know in her sexuality there's a, a one scene where she's sitting in bed watching the l word with a glass of wine so i think i laughed really hard at that point they didn't go into any depth of it but i did laugh at that part because well i mean i
1: don't think that there's any gay woman exactly. who at some point in their life hasn't been like well my entry into this world is probably through the l word
0: yeah but i actually think that this show Mm. would be such a better entry yeah. for people like you and I and a lot of other people mm. I know because it's so real. And and there's one point, point we can move on, but there's one point when Tig says, um, and I don't want to spoil anything, but she says that she's an old-fashioned Southern girl, mm. and she... Doesn't want to rush things, right? Yeah, she wants something a relationship. Kind of lovely about how PG it is. Mm-hmm. Yes, he- exactly. That's what I'm meaning. Is that why it'd be such a good entry? Because the L word is just so not PG. It's very R. I, I was very <laughs> uncomfortable watching some of it because I'm I'm not a prude, but I am more I guess more traditional in what I like to watch on television. Mm. And so for me, the L word was just a little bit too extreme. Whereas I think this was so like this is just. Everyday life.
1: It's a very sweet, su- I mean, like obviously it does deal with darker issues, but it's, you know, because there's a, a fantastic sort of story arc in season two dealing with workplace sexual harassment, um, which we should definitely talk about. But, you know, overall, it's such a sweet romantic comedy, both between Tig and Kate, and then her mm-hmm. brother Remy has a love interest and her stepfather Bill. Mm-hmm. His relationship with this woman, Felicia, in season two is just like <laughs> uh, makes my heart sing, makes my heart so happy. But like it's, you know, the OK, here's the thing. When you're watching The L Word, there would invariably be a moment when either your roommate or like your sibling would walk in and you'd and watch, you have to change the channel. You Otherwise, to. you're like, sorry, I'm just watching porn. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this
0: wasn't that. And I think yeah. that there's something nice about that. Yeah. Um okay. So and I was I was just going to say that what I in season 1 the focus is on so much um, and the story gets its its steam um, and motivation from Tig's reality of destruction. She's lost her mother she's got this horrific intestinal bacteria that's destroying her body and her physical being and her mental state is so all over because mm-hmm. of everything that's happening and then she doesn't get into the cancer she just mentions that it has happened and, that and she's sort of dealing with her
1: scars and what yeah. that's all
0: about. and season one is so much about her just trying to come to terms with the tragedy Mm. but season two finds this really sweet uh balance where you get to see these characters who've just gone through something so tragic and then you get to see them actually move on from the tragedy and so as we were watching season two i think what we were both so hopeful of was the excitement of getting to see these really deep rich characters Moving on with their lives and getting to see them be happy and thrive and make new connections when we had previously just seen all their connections basically torn apart and mm. all they had was each other. Um, and so to get to see that kind of blossom um was fantastic. And then to have season two be so short, you know, six, 20 minute episodes, what does that come down to? Like less than three hours of time. Something like that, yeah. yeah it feels maybe exactly three hours. It didn't feel like that was nearly enough time to actually get to see them be happy Mm. and so that's what I want so much from a third season and we'll get into that a little bit more later. But let's talk briefly here about, uh, we've talked a lot about lesbian representation in film and television here so far, but in terms of other lesbian or female characters on the show, there are several, um, which actually didn't really, I didn't really notice that much in the first season. I think Mm. that was more about second season when Tig was really trying to figure out who she she, you know, she admits she wants a relationship who mm-hmm. she was looking for, and it was neat to see her go through um, on going out on dates with a variety mm. of different types of people. Um, and they are a little bit more eccentric of characters, mm-hmm. fitting into a little bit more of stereotypes, kind of. And then ultimately, who she ends up with, um, you know, is someone who's relatable and a lot more like her. Yeah, a lot more down to earth. I, I mean, mean you, you, you definitely
1: get a sense that. There's kind of the um, there's the somewhat sexually aggressive yes. kind of just playing. It seems like sexually aggressive, but also, I don't know, more in it just for the thrill, um, thrill. Uh, reporter that she's with in the first season. And then she kind of goes out on a date with this kind of quirky
0: um, younger girl who you sort of find out is kind of still in the closet. And I was just going to say that those two characters, the first two she finds, are still in the closet yeah. both of them. Mhm. And yeah. you
1: get a sense I mean and they don't go into this much but I imagine I think that that's something people encounter everywhere but I would think in Mississippi especially. Yeah. Um, and then she dates this. Um, she goes on a date. Yeah, yeah she goes date. on a date with a um, singer songwriter who is out. Yeah, who is out. And it's nice because there's this scene where they go to this like you know party that happens for lesbians once a once a month. I think they say at like mm-hmm. a different place, like it's a like pop up. up party. Yeah, and I mean that's something that felt so like. I've been to those parties. I think they have those parties in almost every major city. So it was kind of cool to see of, like, oh, and again, it was, like, my, you know, my prejudice of, like, oh, they wouldn't have those in, like, Alabama. Like, no, they definitely do. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. And then there is one... And I think I want to explore this more than the show does. But um, the two women, Kate and Tig, have a show. They have a radio show. Mm. Uh, ironic. And they ha- they work at this place where there are other people with shows. Mm. And there are these two gentlemen who have a morning show. And then they have a, th- a third person who's this female um, character. And there's only a very limited exposure. There's a moment where the two men who are roughhousing and kind of um really crass and they're walking by Tig and Kate and they shove this woman into Tig and I picked up on it immediately that they were that was a moment of them teasing and mocking um pushing her into a lesbian Mm. um because Tig is so clearly gay um and I had a moment of registering that um that that woman Perhaps had shared some information with those men who were being insensitive about it.
1: Oh, wow. And then
0: later on, she shows up at that at that pop up party.
1: Yeah, it's funny because I didn't get that. Mm-hmm, mostly just because I think that mm-hmm. those two characters, I think it's like Donkey mm-hmm. and Kevin or something like that. Yeah. It's like Donkey Kevin back in the morning. Um, <laughs> it reminds me so much of morning shows we've listened to in our life where they are so obnoxious. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Yeah, it's interesting that you got that. I didn't really think of that. But it was such a nice reveal when she's shown to be at this party. Mm-hmm. And it's like, right, because, like, LGBTQ people are everywhere. And they don't always walk around with a sign being like, mm-hmm. hey, yeah. this is who I am. Mm-hmm. You know.
0: And that begs to another topic and question of, you know, a lot of people don't necessarily know about the sexuality Um, Of others and and there are people like Tig who's very out there and very present and then there are other people who don't necessarily present as being gay Mm. and I've grown my hair out in this short last two years that we've had. Short last (laughs) two years. Yeah. Yeah, very short. It's happened so quickly and I used to have very short hair, mm-hmm. and people used to correct me all the time and tell me I was going into the wrong bathroom or believe that I was masculine or male. Mm. Um, and since I've grown my hair out, now I'm people don't know, and I guess I'm flying under the radar in a different way. And they're saying things to me and around me, thinking I am straight and not knowing, um, how offended I am sometimes. And mm. so it's there are people in our society um, who don't necessarily present. Um, and that fits into the labels that we were talking about earlier, uh, was that you don't necessarily have to fit into a label, but our society can't really handle that yet. We're not right. We're not quite accepting of that,
1: yeah, it's interesting that you bring up the thing about the hair because um, since this is radio, I should probably describe it. But um I have very short hair. <sighs> mm-hmm. And I would say, two even three years ago even maybe a year i was definitely getting yo dude you went in the wrong bathroom like, <laughs> i know and that seems what to, can i get
0: you sir i don't get that anymore but it seems i like, don't know why it seems like that I, f- I feel that because we've used that example now i think this is a third time but it's such a clear and embarrassing moment it's very jarring because it's jarring because you're halfway in the bathroom there are women around and all of a sudden someone is shouting at you and mm-hmm. you have to come back out of the bathroom and all you really want to do is go to the bathroom. Well, so, it's, it's the <laughs>
1: shouting at you that makes you feel like I'm a sexual predator yeah, you're in doing this moment wrong. when you're like no, it's I have those parts, I promise. Yeah. But it's like what's so funny about it is I don't know whether like society at large is becoming more aware or maybe it's because I'm now with you and you seem so clearly like a woman that I get it. But yeah. it, it's even small things. We were at the Apple store the other day and it was, what can I help you ladies with?
0: Yeah, I get I get all the time now in the last year since my hair has been long, I get sweetie, honey pie, mm. madam. I'm still not getting sweetie or honey pie. Yeah, I get but those you know. every single day. How can I help you? Sh- I'll take Sugar just Bunch.
1: the, I'll, I, I might not be getting sweetie and honey pie, but I'll just take you getting my gender correct. <laughs> i <I'm>
0: working <laughs> We're or not that. challenging it. That's, yeah,
1: exactly. We're not like getting yeah. aggressive
0: about my not knowing or my a gender. A young person who asked their parent in the line at the grocery store, "Are they a girl or a boy?" Because that happened. Oh, that all. was fun. That happened yeah. a lot. Yeah, i like Whole Foods too. Well, I know the most accepting and progressive mm-hmm. place. <laughs> you still Is get that, that a boy or a girl? And then I always wanted to turn around and say, "What does it matter, kid?" See, <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> I wanted to
1: turn around and be like neither. <laughs>
0: Yeah, which is such a that is a thing now. I guess that it, I think a lot of young people maybe are just not challenging it as much. Yeah, maybe. Especially like I was mentioning earlier, this generational shift towards um, acceptance of all things. We actually, for example, I was trying to do. We're running a little long here. Uh, we're doing a lighting demonstration. I was using a mannequin head in my class, and my students. I I said, what should we name this mannequin head? And um, and the kids said Danny. And then the others said, okay, only Danny, but only if it's gender neutral. So I had to say they, them (laughs) the whole time. And so I thought that was neat that I have 16 year olds who all wanted this mannequin Mm -hmm. had to be gender neutral. So. All right. So the real question is moving on here, uh, moving into a third season. We were going to have a discussion about what we would really like to see in a third season, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, we have a reveal which is all over the internet. Yeah, I mean, I'm we're, sure we're essentially
1: no. I think we're breaking news right here on this podcast. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I took out my phone to like Google if there had been any news about a because third season. We're
0: very focused on the third season, ex-
1: and it's canceled. Yeah, they canceled I'm the show. Pissed. Yeah, and it's all because essentially Amazon has come out and said very publicly that they want a Game of Thrones, which. I, You know, they want their own version. Question is, why does Game of Thrones legitimize you, Amazon? I think more Mm. content like Marvelous Miss Maisel or One Mississippi is actually what's gonna like. I mean, Mm. just to go down a brief rabbit hole. Hulu is now completely legitimate because of the handmaid's tale. Like, yes, it's dystopian, it's dark, but it is centered around female issues. And now that's one we could talk about lesbian representation Actually, in as well. One of the
0: things we should talk about.
1: Yeah. Well that's for another episode. But um So Amazon has basically said, we want our Game of Thrones. And so they went out and spent $250 million to buy the rights to the Lord of the Rings. So they're making a Lord of the Rings TV series on Amazon, which, by the way, does this culture need a Lord of the Rings Amazon series when we had a, what, three-hour-each movie of The Lord of the Rings that came out earlier, one of which won Best Picture. Like, I think we've covered it. Mm -hmm. I don't think we need it. And, you know, like, do your own thing, Amazon, you know? And, like find your own niche. Let yourself be the network of transparent of one Mississippi. You know like which you are of marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And I think there's also something incredibly tone deaf to cancel this particular show, which is one of the only ones that's really dealt head on with the Me Too movement in terms of Louis CK was a producer and Tig Notaro was trying very publicly to sort of distance herself from him and then the show has an episode where a producer does exactly what Louis C.K. was accused of doing. And it tackles this moment in such a refreshingly honest way. And you have these women really living their truths and speaking their truths. And then you cancel that. And, I mean, let's just look at it pure... And also, like, this was a very well-received critical critical show. So I think we should say that, you know, because I think it matters, you know, how long did... Um, You know, I'm trying to think like CBS kept, you know, all the like the good wife after the ratings had gone on, gone, Mm -hmm. gone down. They kept it on because it was an awards darling. Mm -hmm. So and I think it's interesting that one Mississippi was nominated for a GLAAD award for best comedy series the day before it was canceled. Well done, Jeff Bezos. But I guess my my comment would be, you know, There's something that legitimizes you just by also making good content. It's not just copying a formula that's worked for another network.
0: Which is so much of what Hollywood is. Yeah. Which is following the formula and Mm -hmm. hiring uh, writers or directors or even buying rights to things that have been successful other places. And there's Mm. no fault in that. You want to have a successful model. But there's, you know, I would agree with you about the, you know, I forgot that Amazon did do Transparent Mm. and the success of that show. And... Um, Amazon is kind of changing some of our culture and is on the cutting edge of a lot (laughs) there's Um, also
1: something to be said about leading and not following yeah Mm -hmm. you know like there was nothing that hbo was following when it put Mm -hmm. game of thrones on yeah so amazon Mm -hmm. blaze your own path
0: yeah especially with all the awards that miss measles Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and a lot of people all of a sudden have caught on to it now that it's winning awards online to see and they're asking questions about the show which we have thankfully already watched thanks to you again (laughs) Uh, so i think that I think we can end on this note saying that we have clearly made our opinions known about how we feel about this show and the importance of seeing these characters and these types of characters. And the- just very quickly, before we leave,
1: I just need to say Bill and Felicia are my everything. <laughs> I just need because uh, so basically just very, very quick side note, I promise. Season two becomes this wonderful thing where there are these three love stories, one between Tig and Kate, Remy and this woman that he meets at his church. And Bill, who is Tig's buttoned up, straight laced stepfather, we meets have a whole oh my God, an equally buttoned up, straight laced woman who works in his office. And they start this relationship together that is one of the sweetest, funniest
0: and also heartwarming Yeah
1: It melts your heart It's so And it's so well acted Because both the actors Who play Bill and Felicia um, I think it's John Rothman And Lee Phillips I think Um they're both so wonderfully deadpan and they play off of each other so well that it's of all of the relationships that might be the one that I mourn not seeing how they progress more. They're like the seeing honest, them move yeah. in together and like merge their nests. I want to live in a world <laughs> where I get to see that.
0: Okay. I would agree with you fully. And and we have this whole other topic of, But, you know, talking about the two male characters in this show, not even talking about uh, lesbian representation, just talking about representation of men and particularly uh, the storyline of men who have maybe grown up in uh, without proper role models or, Mm. you know, or with some things that have happened to them and how do they... Uh, how, how do they act in their relationships? And, and they need some guidance and mm. they need to, to rethink some things and they need to heal, as we've talked uh, before. So that maybe is for another episode.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: so anyways, I hope that you all go out and watch the show One Mississippi on Amazon while it is still up. Hopefully knowing Amazon, it will be up for a while. Um, but encouraging uh, Amazon especially to continue making content of this nature. So thank you very much for listening today. Um, we had fun talking about this. Yeah. Thank you, Kate. All right. Bye, guys. Thanks so much for listening today. And I also want to thank Ben Sounds for his amazing intro and outro song. And if you have questions about any of the content we reviewed or if you have any recommendations on what we should be watching or reading, please reach out to us at our production company, greatnorthernfilm.com.